Hello and welcome to Defiant Optimism, the inspiring podcast from Smiley Movement, where we talk to extreme fundraisers, the people who go above and beyond to raise money and awareness for an important cause. I'm Amy, the chief editor here at Smiley Movement, and I'm always amazed by the insane challenges some people do to give back. Today, my guest is Matt Bagwell, a 52-year-old dad who has recently completed his newly created event, Run the Country Ultra. So that means he has run 21 ultra marathons in 21 days, and ultra marathon is anything longer than a marathon. So in September, he ran more than 1,000 kilometers. Now, just to put that into context for you, that is further than Land's End John O'Groats. He climbed more vertical gain than Everest and he crossed every county border in England. So that's all 43 of them. Matt was raising money for Calm, the Campaign Against Living Miserably charity, which is United Against Suicide. And he's raised nearly £50,000. So welcome, Matt. That was an incredible challenge that I just went through there. How are you doing? Thank you. Very well, thank you. And thank you for the um, introduction. That was quite, uh, quite an introduction. Thank you. So I've just gone through briefly what you did, but I'm sure it will come out much better in your own words. So can you just tell us a bit about your challenge and what you completed in September of this year? Okay, so starting on September the 5th in a small town in the north of Cornwall, I ran um, from county to county, some days crossing two county borders, maybe three and uh, one day I actually covered four county borders. So I was running ultra marathons. An ultra marathon is anything more than 26.2 uh, miles, which is uh, the marathon. So anything further than that is an ultra marathon. And so for 26 days until October the 1st, I ran ultra marathons all across England, covering 1,012 kilometers, and actually decided to finish the run on the 3rd of October uh, by doing the London Marathon, which I did virtually down here in Brighton. So in total, it was actually 22 ultra marathons because I did the London Marathon and then just kept going a little bit further. Now, I'm sure people listening, have, some people, even the thought of a 10K, the thought of half, half a marathon or a full marathon is in is unachievable for some. People think it's unachievable and they just think it's a huge challenge. So what you have achieved is incredible. What was it that inspired you to do this? Because I know you've got a bit of a story behind um, this Run the Country Ultra event. So it'd be great if you could just talk about how you started and why you decided to do it. Throughout um, my late adolescence and um, into my early 20s, and again, in my late 30s and into my early 40s, I suffered with bouts of depression, Amy. And um, that took me to the point where I had considered taking my own life. Um, using things like running and breath work and a variety of other tools, certainly being out with other people in communities and, and out in nature, I positively managed my mental health um, and I wanted to help other people. And I think that that's in two parts. The first is to inspire people um, to think about what they would like to achieve. Um, and secondly, it's also about creating the resources and awareness for the charity that I supported, uh, the Campaign Against Living Miserably. They have a helpline that costs £8 every time that somebody makes a call to them and they get a call every 61 seconds. So I wanted to fund many, many, many more of those calls. But I also wanted to challenge some of the stigmas around uh, men's mental health, especially uh, because it's still a very significant 
proportion of deaths in, in the UK um, through suicide are male. And there's still work that we need to do uh, in society to address some of the uh, causes behind that. So this was an audacious run. It was a celebration of my recovery, but also I wanted to inspire other people to know that they too could do something fantastic, uh, but to create money and awareness for the charity as well. And you completely smashed that. You have raised nearly £50,000, and I'm sure that's counting more as well. What does it mean to you to raise that much money? And um, what do you think the impact it will be for the charity itself receiving that money? I think that it's a it's a significant amount of money and it will fund life-saving calls. It will uh, certainly support uh, campaigns that CALM want to do. And like many charities, they had a particularly difficult time throughout the pandemic because um, many charities use running especially and other sporting events as their major activations. So, you know, because we weren't able to do um, as many of those activities, and certainly not group activities, there were some virtual things. Um, their revenues and their ability to generate money to run their um, organisations was really very limited. So it's a particularly difficult time at a time that people were actually making more calls. There were more inbound calls to organisations like Calm and Samaritans and Mind than perhaps pre-pandemic. So I think the money was important. The second thing that we achieved was we wanted to have the conversation about mental health, but um, also create awareness for the uh, the brand, the organization of Calm. And they're very well known in the Southeast and in major cities, but we wanted to make sure that people were finding out about Calm in the villages and towns of England. So part of the reason why I ran through every county border was because they wanted to increase awareness at a very local level. It was very important during this project that people could get involved. And so we brought dozens of people together who'd never run before and working with an organization called the Secret Run Club, uh, trained those people to run you know, for the first time in many, many cases. And lots of those people then joined me on the run. So yes, the fundraising and awareness were very important, but participation particularly so and inspiring people to take their own uh, first steps towards reaching their, you know, their goals and ambitions. So this this challenge was quite unique in the fact that you had this idea to run these ultra marathon marathons, raise money for calm, but you also created Run the Country Ultra. And I wonder for people listening if you could just explain. So you've just said a bit there that people would join you on the event. So what was the ambition of Run the Country Ultra, and um, how did it mean that people could join you on this challenge? I wanted this to be an example of what is possible when you manage your positive mental health. Um, it's quite right to focus on the people in crisis and how we support those people and the families and friends of those people and that there's sufficient resources and availability of those resources and awareness for those resources. But I also wanted to celebrate uh, how audacious or how positive and how much fun your life can be when you do manage your mental health through daily routines like running, like breath work, like being out in nature and being connected. So it's very much from the get go, something that I wanted people to be involved in. I didn't ever intend to run on my own. Um, I, I wouldn't want to run a thousand kilometers on my own. I wanted it to be a participation event. And I wanted to people, I wanted that people could join me at every stage, whether they ran 5k 
whether they ran ran the block, whether they did a half marathon or a marathon or indeed an ultra. And over 100 people did join me on different days. There were only three days out of the 22 when I ran on my own. The rest of the time I was accompanied by people who had come for a run. Some of them stayed all day. Um, a handful of them ran ultra marathons for the very first time. So it, it was always my intention that we ran together as a community, both virtually and in real life. And that's a, probably a good opportunity for me to ask, how was it? How did you manage to run that far before? And what what got you through, whether it was mentally, physically, the support? How did you actually manage to do it? Because I can imagine a lot of people thinking, it, I'm, I'm sat here thinking, how did his feet manage it? <laughs> I imagine a lot of people are wondering, practically, how is it, was it even possible for you to do that? So my, my feet and I are still not friends. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a few, uh, a few days now and uh, we're not really on talking terms. Um, I trained for two years to do this. So I didn't expect to be training quite that long, but the pandemic meant that the mass participation or the participation in this event wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been practical and it wouldn't have been right for me to be running from town to town and county to county at a time when uh, we were restricted in terms of our movements, which I, I wanted to respect. So I had a very sort of elongated training period. So I had conditioned my body and had adapted the way that I ate so I could eat food while I was running. Um, but it was a process. You know, every morning I got up at six o'clock, I'd have to eat by 6.15. I'd have one hour before I had to be at the start line. Um, and then there were eight hours of running. I had to eat continuously and hydrate continuously. And as soon as I finished the ultra, I'd have to get into a vehicle, drive to the start of the next run and start my recovery. So it was a continuous process of either being in the run or recovering from the run or preparing for the run. Um, and we had done some testing of that. Um, I ran six ultramarathons back in um, April, but uh, this is the first time that I've ever done it. Fortunately, I had an amazing team around me, um, a nutritionist, running coach, and lots of people in support, including my wife driving every day as she did, getting me to the starts and making sure that I was fed and supported, which meant that this was possible. So fundamentally, I was never really on my own. Um, it was a team effort. It, it took an amazing team to achieve what is seemingly quite improbable. And I'm sure your mindset must have been something that helped get you through. Was there Were there any um, mantras you told yourself or any ways that you sort of managed to shift your mindset to help get you through really tough days or really tough times? I think that I knew that this was a once in a lifetime experience, Amy. I, I'm sure that I will do um, running events again. Um, however, to take a year to really focus on something like this, to take six weeks out of um, paid work to be able to do it, to take that type of sabbatical is quite uh, an opportunity. Um, and I was very grateful and privileged to be able to do so. I think what motivated me was knowing that I really had to savor being in the moment. Um, so when I was running and, you know, inclined to stop, for example, it was just like, you know, you need to enjoy this, take your time, go slowly, enjoy the company, enjoy the people around you, um, and just be super grateful for what I was experiencing. 
I'll be very honest with you. I didn't actually have those low points. I think people anticipated there might come a point where I'd get injured or I would be mentally very, very fatigued. But because of the sort of my mindset and, and thinking, okay, I need to stay in the moment. Don't project forward to whether or not I'll complete it. And to enjoy what I was doing was really, if, if, if you call it a mantra, apart from just a little inner voice saying, don't stop. Um, I think the other voice was just saying, really enjoy what you're experiencing because it's quite unique. And did you have any techniques to keep you in the moment? Or do you think the training up to it and how grateful you felt meant that you had been trained too well to focus on the moment during your runs? I mean, I took, I stopped and took photographs. Um, I took voice memos on my phone. So um, I was very mindful not to project forward. I think many of us in, in life generally um, are either living in the past and reflecting on things which have happened to us and with us and we've experienced, or we're projecting forward into what might be possible tomorrow, next week, next year. That's amazing. And how was it on that day where you finally got to the finish line? So that was 1,050 kilometres, was it? Uh, uh, it was about 988. So it's not about. It was specific, It was 988 kilometres when I ran from Windsor into London. And it's part of the reason why then the following uh, two days later, I decided to run the London Marathon to get to 1,000k within a month. But the final official day was on Friday, running from Windsor, then along um, the Grand Union Canal and ending in Regent's Park. And I ran with about 15 people that day. So I had lots of people with me, which was really, really nice. People who sort of joined along the way. By the time we finished, there was about 40 or 50 people at the finishing line in Regent's Park. And um, it was a major celebration um, just to have done that together as a team. To have travelled so far, we drove two or three thousand sort of kilometres. I ran a thousand kilometres. Uh, we've been on the road for about six weeks. Um, it was a major achievement. And I think everybody had been inspired by the run, not necessarily by me um, or my run, but what had happened as a collective. So, yeah, it was a, a very, very powerful day. And did you know on that last day or during the run, how much money you had raised? Was it something that you had followed as you went along? Because I can imagine seeing the amount of money you'd raised for this charity that meant so much to you would have been a motivator in itself. So was that something you knew at the end or did you follow it along? I knew every day. So at the end of every day, I did a post. Um, so I wrote up what I'd experienced in the day and I worked out how much we'd raised. And I also worked out how many life-changing calls that would be for Calm if each one was eight pounds, then how many had I funded? Um, and that was a real motivator to me. And I have to say that what started to happen midway through the run was that people were starting their own fundraising pages and then connecting to mine as a group. And that was where we really started to accelerate because I had raised about, by that point, about 25,000 pounds. And it's quite difficult for one person, however well-networked they might be, unless they're a significant influencer rich or famous, it's quite hard for ordinary people to raise much more than that kind of money. So what we did was we um, asked several people to create their own pages and then come for a run with me. And that really started to accelerate the fundraising because each of them was raising, say, 1500 to 2000 pounds. And the more people who were doing that, the more powerful the whole thing 
came overall. So again, the, the charity fundraising wasn't just down to me, it was down to a group of people, which is the real power of Run the Country Ultra. Now that was something I was going to ask you about, because at Smiley Movement, we do believe in scaling out good ideas as well as, well as scaling up. So this has been super successful to you, and you've just explained some of the reasons why. So what would you say to other people who are keen to jump on this success or inspired to replicate it in some way, perhaps not running 21 ultra marathons, but in some way inspired to take on a challenge? What lessons would you be keen to pass on? I think... The first is that um, there are three phases to any of these types of projects. Whatever the goal is that you set yourself, whether it's a single run, for example, the marathon, or whether it's a multi-stage activity or something completely different like a bake-off or whatever it is that you might set your, as your objective and goal. Um, the first phase is the uh, preparation phase. Um, and it's critically important that you make sure that people are aware of what you're trying to achieve and that you seek as much support as you can get and that you thoroughly prepare. I mean, as I said, I, I was preparing for this for over a year, nearly two. So preparation is, is really important. Secondly, in execution, you know, the actual run for me itself or the thing, I would say just make sure that you hold on to the reason why you're doing it. Don't lose sight of the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, because there are going to be challenges. There are things that happen that are unplanned. And the final thing is, is, is just to make sure that you give yourself plenty of time and recovery. When you set yourself an audacious target, like running the marathon, you're going to get really, really excited in the run up to that, no pun intended. And then when it's happened and you've got the medal and you go home, there could be a little bit of a lull emotionally, <clears throat> excuse me, from achieving whatever it is you set out to achieve. So make sure you give yourself time to recover properly. And I think the final point is just accept, uh, not expect, but just accept the unexpected. Um, when I started the run, it was about running. When I finished the run, it was about community. The most powerful thing that happened during Run the Country Ultra were the conversations and they were transformative. And when you're having a great conversation and people open up and when there's honesty and trust and you're exploring really interesting areas like why people don't necessarily achieve their goals, um, you unlock quite some, you know, some really interesting uh, conversations. Let that happen allow allow your challenge to adapt because there could be real gold in, in what you experience if you accept the unexpected. That's really nice and one of the um, questions we ask all our guests on the podcast is when you think of the phrase define optimism what does that mean to you? I think it's a brilliant phrase because you can't hear it without really thinking about what those two words mean um, and I think there's such power in it what it says to me is it's about taking action, not words. There's an old adage, which is, you know, make me laugh. Don't tell me you're funny. Um, and so I think that in Defiant, I see there's sort of a stand that we take um, and an action that's a consequence of making that stand. While hope is positive, hope will only take us so far. I mean, I can hope for a white Christmas, but I'm not necessarily going to get one. But I think that in the world that we live in, uh, with the challenges that we face, but also with the opportunities, we need action. And I think we need to be prepared for sacrifices and we need to be uh, prepared to fight for our purpose. 
Um, and that's what I think defiance is. It's to take a stand, to know what you value and to be strong as well as to be positive. For me, that's what defiant optimism is. That's amazing. And I think doing your challenge that you've done in September is the absolute de definition of a defiant optimist. So thank you so much. Um, where can people go if they want to find out more, whether that's about Run the Country Ultra, if they want to support you, can they still donate to um, your charity campaign? Absolutely. So runthecountryultra.com is the website. And there are links there to my Just Giving page. And I'm going to keep those open because I think, you know, as always, the, people will hear about this and there'll still be some donations. Um, many charities suggest, by the way, and it's a good tip, that something like 25 to 40 percent of your charity donations will come in after you've done whatever it is that you set yourself. So then do keep your pages open. So my page will be open for a few more weeks and possibly months from now. And at some point, Run the Country Ultra, I want to do some running events next year where people can come and join me. So I will look forward to three or four ultras, which will be called Run the Country Ultras. We'll run little parts of the country, just one day events where we'll do, people could run sort of 5K, 10K, 21 or an ultra um, and just share a conversation because I think that that was what I learned, which people really like to get behind this. And a little idea popped into my head while we were um, on the run, which is that we might do run the country Wales next year. Um, I've been told it's a little bit hilly over there. So um, I will start training for that. Um, it'll be shorter, but probably harder. Um, so there'll be plenty of activities um, under the sort of umbrella of Run the Country Ultra. It's a not-for-profit um, network. I'd love to spend time running long distances with people and having great chats. Amazing. It sounds like you're going to have a lot on your plate, but just let those legs rest first. <laughs> Exactly. Um, well, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure you have inspired many people, including me, to go out on a run. <laughs> for sure. Um, thank you so much. And for all our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate and share it with someone else who you think may need a little inspiration in their lives. And if you're looking for a little more positivity, head to our website, smileymovement.org, to get your daily dose of smiley news. Thanks so much for listening.